Welcome to this uh, Euractiv virtual conference on illicit trade in Europe, scale, impact, and solution. This event is supported by JTI. You can follow this discussion, hashtag EA debates, and uh, please tweet your comments using that hashtag. Our social media team will respond to you there and amplify uh, your comments and your messages there too. Also to send questions to our panel during the discussion, uh, put them on the chat section you can see there, the Q&A, and we'll bring those to the panel during the course of the discussion. We're not gonna wait till the very end uh, to do that, so please uh, send your questions as quickly as possible, and uh, we'll bring those uh, to the panel uh, very soon. So uh, please uh, engage with that. Now, illicit trade is a growing threat in an increasingly digital and globalized economy. The World Economic Forum estimates that over 2.2 trillion US dollars, that's 3% of global GDP, has been lost due to illicit trade leakages in 2020 alone. Uh, additionally, the, according to the Transnational Alliance to Combat Illicit Trade, imports of counterfeit and pirated goods are worth nearly 500 billion dollars a year. Now, during the COVID-19 pandemic, illicit activities have increased across different sectors, such as pharmaceuticals, tobacco, alcohol, PPE, uh, home personal sanitation uh, products, luxury goods, and uh, beauty products as well. And supply and uh, demand disruptions, including restricted travel and international border closures, have uh, compelled criminals to change their tactics and adapt their networks. And one of the most noticeable changes has been the shift uh, to the online environment. Many stakeholders believe there's no simple solution and that illicit trade must be targeted from multiple policy angles. To discuss this and the impact of illicit trade in society and the European economy, our panel today includes uh, Javier Doth. He's a member of the European Economic and Social Committee. Great to have you with us. Uh, Morgan Godio, an economist with, uh, on illicit trade at the OECD. Uh, Cindy Braddon, uh, head of communications and public policy at uh, Tracet and uh, Lucina uh, Ovenyam, and she's the Senior Vice President of Corporate Affairs and Communications at JTI. Uh, great to have all of you uh, with us today. Thanks for, for taking the time to be with us. Now, I, I'm gonna ask each of you for approximately 60 seconds of an elevator pitch, your, just your key message uh, to kick off uh, today. Uh, Javier, can we start with you? Hello, how are you? Good afternoon. Very preoccupated today by uh, other things that uh, tra illicit trades. Do you have any uh, a quick comment to, to make in terms of how you see the illicit trade yes. in, in the European economy? Yes, yes. I, 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 I like to, to, to begin saying that in one uh, day, like today, when last night, so uh, Russia's military aggression against Ukraine an injustifiable attack that destroys the main basis of international law and peaceful coexistence between nations. All my concerns are focused on what is happening in Eastern Europe, first and foremost to the Ukrainian population, but I am also thinking of the consequence for the rest of Europe, uh, the European Union and the world of humanity. We, in relation with that, we, we uh, need to be much more serious, uh, much more effective in the persecution of economic crimes. The, the illicit trade, but the other economic crimes, sometimes economic and political crimes, in its various manifestations, which are grouped uh, and linked with the money laundering, uh, because this uh, illicit trade and economic uh, crimes are Mm, politically, intellectually, and morally unacceptable. 
under any circumstances, even more so now when first the pandemic and now the consequence of the war in Ukraine will require additional public resources to deal with the consequence. And it's clear that this it's not only to speak about refugees, we, we need the consequence of speak about the, the, the increase uh, enormous uh, of the price of energy, the inflation, perhaps the, the, the paralyze of, of, of recovery, economic recovery, many consequences. And by that, the criminals that practice this kind of, of, of criminal should be mm, absolutely uh, condemned, but persecuted in Europe. And this is not uh, the reality in all the counties, in all the circumstances. There are many people that help this kind of illicit traffics. Okay, thank you. We'll get into some of the detail of, of those different networks a little later on in the discussion. Thank you, Javier. Morgan Gaudio, over to you, 60 seconds. Thank you. Uh, so good afternoon, everybody. Uh, so I just want to begin by recalling uh, that the OECD is here uh, to provide policymakers uh, with uh, evidence on illicit trade. Um, so we have many, many years of experience in providing uh, analysis and, and in identifying uh, the main trends uh, that characterize uh, illicit trade. So we provide facts, uh, we provide overview, uh, as well as specific picture uh, on particular uh, trends, such as the misuse uh, of small parcels or the misuse of uh, container ships in international trade in, uh, in counterfeits. And uh, one of the most important uh, facts uh, I'd like to highlight here in, in introduction is that uh, the trade in counterfeit goods uh, is massive. Uh, it's a huge uh, phenomenon, as you already uh, mentioned it, uh, in your introduction. But here at the OECD, we have uh, estimated the value of this trade. Uh, we, have, we have estimated that this value uh, amounted to 400, uh, 464 billion US dollar uh, in 2019. So this is huge. And as a comparison, uh, as a comparison, it's close to the to the Belgian GDP. Okay, thank you. And uh, Cindy, Cindy Brillen, Brillen, sorry. Uh, hi, thank you, Brian. Um, I'm. I wanted to provide some context for my remarks by. Uh, introducing TRACET, which is the Transnational Alliance to Combat Illicit Trade. And we are a four-year-old nonprofit business association that's solely focused on curbing illicit trade across the globe with all of its negative impacts. We do that through reports where we um, uh, do research and develop um, evidence and in order to underpin our advocacy. And we work closely with organizations like the OECD and other uh, governments, NGOs, and other business associations. It's a huge issue, and I look forward to the discussion today. Excellent. Thank you so much, Cindy. Lucene, over to you. Thank you, Brian. Um, many people see illicit trade as an abstract and distant issue, something that is happening elsewhere. Majority of people are unaware of the scale of this problem. And the reality is that these criminal gangs are on our doorsteps, deeply embedded in the fabric of our society. And they're making huge profits. It was, it was already mentioned uh, by previous speaker, Pro huge profits at the expense of society at our expense. 
And too often, unfortunately, governments do not give the illicit trade the attention it deserves because the true scale and cause very often it's hidden. Uh, but the fiscal shock from the COVID-19 pandemic leaves uh, them no choice. They and we all too can no longer afford to ignore illicit trade. Otherwise, uh, criminals will continue to line their pockets while the many honest and hardworking people struggling to make ends meet. And these people will pay the price. In essence, until governments act to capture these illicit gains, honesty is being taxed. And uh, we believe this is unacceptable. Uh, governments must redouble their efforts to stop the illicit trade, including addressing uh, affordability, which is a key driver as costs of living, as we all know, outpace very often wage growth. Evidence shows that excessive fiscal measures are ineffective and counterproductive. And a good example is France. Good or bad, better to say bad example. It has seen a huge growth in illicit tobacco in the last three years because of significant increases in, in excise tax. Uh, in 2021, an estimated 36% uh, of all cigarettes in the country were illegal, while in just a couple of years ago, in 2017, it was around 13%. So it's very clear evidence. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, thank you so much. Cindy, I want to come back to you just in terms of, let's set some of the, the discussion in terms of the evidence that your organization has uh, gathered to help us understand the impact of illicit trade on the economy and on society. And what stands out for you? What's the, the biggest damage that's been done? Well, we have seen uh, when, when governments don't have the proper regulatory structures in place that can um, uh, curb criminals who are using uh, forced labor um, and uh, other uh, illicit modes of manufacturing goods that uh, can harm consumers in our homes. Uh, we have seen it grow significantly as our colleagues uh, from the OECD has, has just noted, uh, particularly because of the growth in electronic commerce and shopping online. And uh, we have seen evidence from um, in, in three reports that we've recently published. Um, we, we recently did a report called The Human Cost of Illicit Trade, Exposing Demand for Forced Labor in Dark Corners of the Economy. And in this report, we found that counterfeit manufacturing often occurs in the clandestine work, workplaces outside of the labor market um, uh, oversight and standards and uh, workers are harmed. In another report, we found a linkage between uh, sovereign credit ratings and the ability to curb illicit trade. So nations are vulnerable to illicit trade, uh, also have uh, increased cost to access um, dollars in the capital markets. And then finally, we, we mapped the um, illicit trade impacts on achieving the 17 uh, strategic development goals uh, of the UN, and we found significant um, harm uh, caused in just a few examples in agri-foods, for example, fake substandard smuggled and illegal agri-foods cost the global food industry an estimated $330 billion uh, each year, and one to four alcohol bottles are illicit, representing 25.8% of all global consumption. And, uh, and I could go on chapter by chapter. It's, uh, it, it affects every industry, 
sector and it affects every business and affects consumers. Okay, let's hear some of those uh, statistics uh, again later on as well. Uh, listen, you, the, the phrase you used was this is, this is a tax on honesty. And uh, in the context of the, the global pandemic as well, in my own country, Ireland, uh, the borrowing required uh, during the pandemic, I think it's 33 billion, um, has now pushed the national debt above uh, 100% in terms of jet, uh, debt to GDP ratio, which in uh, you know, previous economic times uh, would have crashed the, the sovereign, uh, uh, the sovereign ca borrowing capacity as well. Now we're in this frame of possible austerity uh, because governments will have to readjust their budgets. We have this potential resource uh, for tax revenue if illicit trade is clamped down. Why do governments not act more quickly, more firmly uh, to address this issue, Lucinda? It's a very good question, uh, why they do not act. Uh, it's very clear that loss of tax revenue to law-abiding citizens is very significant. And uh, is the effect on consumers lured into buying substandard illegal products. Uh, I wouldn't say that governments do not pay at all attention to this problem. Definitely, there is a lot happening. And we, as an industry player, my company, JTI, we also work very closely with uh, governments and with law enforcement agencies to curb the illicit trade. And we provide uh, the information, we arrange even training courses, and we do a lot but what is clear that it's not enough what what is uh, happening and it we need greater cooperation between government agencies and law enforcement at both an international and national levels and uh, with along with very cons very concrete efforts uh, to increase the fines increase the punishments for those producing, distributing, sell, selling illegal tobacco. And in my view, it's very important not just to make the liability more severe, but very important uh, to make it in inevitable. Uh, so enforcement is playing a critical role there. Um, otherwise, yes, it will continue to be a high profit and low risk. It's low risk source of revenue for criminals. So in okay. my view, that's mo more to do from the government side, together with the industry players. Okay, I think, uh, Cindy, you mentioned about France, uh, was it, uh, in terms of, uh, I know, uh, Morgan, you mentioned about France earlier in the increase uh, as well in, in uh, illicit trade during uh, the, the last few years. Now, if uh, excise prices uh, are likely to tip uh, an increase in illicit trade, for example, uh, increasing tax on, on, on cigarettes, for example, and so the risk to reward balance changes. Morgan, how do you think that can be addressed? Is this, you know, do we have the public policy tools to do this? Or as Lucene says, this is an enforcement issue um, because it's low risk, people, uh, people are prepared to take that chance, they're not likely to get punished. Uh, where do you see the policy levers that are necessary to, to calibrate this? Lucene, sorry, Morgan. Yeah, of course, uh, as mentioned by Cindy and uh, Lucine as well, uh, this is uh, an activity, uh, I mean, this is a criminal activity, which is uh, associated with a very high profits uh, and very uh, low, uh, low risk of, uh, of detection. So I think that first of all, uh, of course, uh, law enforcement authorities um, has to play a very important role in uh, in this detection and then for the prosecutions uh, of course as well but 
um, I mean, for example, it, it's very, very simple to say. But what we see um, from our data or from interviews uh, uh, with, uh, with law enforcement uh, officials uh, is that uh, there are many, many trends. Uh, for example, the, the misuse of, um, of small parcels is a very, very good example because uh, this is a very great, uh, I mean, this is an, a great opportunity uh, for, uh, for criminals. Because the the detection risks uh, when it comes to small parcels is very very low at the quantities um, at the quantities uh, are very big and uh, like they are uh, all these um, these counterfeit goods are intermingled with uh, okay. with legitimate ones. So okay. Thank you. Let me let me ask uh, Javier. Just in terms of enforcement, Javier, how do you see? You spoke about you know, prosecution uh, as well, the, the need for for that to be uh, stepped up. But how do you see this uh, risk reward ratio changing? How do you persuade criminal networks that it's not worth their while in practical terms, Javier? Well, mm, I, in, first of all, I I like mm, to to tell you that in in the European Economic and Social Committee. I have worked mainly in, in one kind of, of illicit trade, the trade of, of money, financial actives, and the money laundering that it's the core of uh, this kind of crimes, all, no? Also corruption, economic and, and political corruption, because, because after one illicit trade, after tax evasion, after uh, tax avoidance, the money need to be louder. And by that, this aspect um, 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 and the, the, the place to, to the end, to, the, the, to, to finalize the processes, the tax havens, is the core of this kind of delits and all co uh, systematic corruption in the world. Why? Uh, how, how we can uh, combat more efficiently this very difficult uh, situation because um, after you, you ask about how it's so difficult, well, when we read the list of the names of the list of Pandora Papers, Paradise Papers or, or Panama Papers, it is easy to, to think how it's so difficult. There is political president, uh, the entourage of Putin, the the king Spanish king Juan Carlos I, the president of Chile, this is and more of the elite, uh, cultural, sportive, and political. Well, this by that is so difficult because there are a kind of crimes. The, the former king elite. of Spain, I, I doubt he was smuggling cigarettes in and out of Spain, uh, despite his many adventures uh, across the globe. Uh, so you, the the level of yeah, are we talking petty criminals here? Is it large organized networks? And uh, is it is it both? And is this why it's so difficult? And if we're going to go no, for big wins, they, they, should we focus? They, let me finish. Should we should we focus on the big players uh, to 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 achieve this, or should we focus on the many small players? How do you, how do you scheme this, Javier? No, the, the 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 problem is the network, the network to money laundering, the cell companies. And the industry that manage this cell company 
law law companies uh, consult, uh, consulting is for the worst criminal activities and this other activity that it's different the opinion the public opinion this is about tax evasion and tax uh, avoidance this is the, the white part but the network is the same and by that okay. what can we do finally uh, common laws i think the the, the the package of the last package july 2021 for the European Commission. This is a, a good initiative. The, the, if finally the, 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 the guideline of OECD uh, could be uh, uh, implemented in, in the countries. And finally, if there is the wash and, and social uh, okay. uh, unity about to fight this kind, all this kind. Also, there are okay. another problem. Yeah, I, I, I let me let me come back. To, let me come back to this moment. Well, let me ask okay, okay. Morgan about the, the what are the OECD guidelines uh, that should be implemented, which you see not implemented when it comes to illicit trade. I mean, uh, as I said in introduction, we are here to um, we are here at the OECD to provide facts. Um, ideally, uh, this evidence is used uh, afterwards to put uh, to to build. Um, to build, of course, uh, policies uh, to to tackle to uh, to tackle this illicit trade, um, but this is uh, this is very complicated. But here at the OECD, for example, we are uh, we are building uh, policies uh, uh, for illicit trade in free trade zone. Uh, this is one of our big achievements. So, but we are still working on it. Um, and uh, but it's very complicated because many many stakeholders uh, have to uh, to be uh, with us, and uh, we are uh, achieving it uh, because we are uh, we are uh, we are building like a certification of free trade zone to make them um, more transparent. Uh, for example, in terms of uh, of a in terms of uh, illicit trade, but uh, yeah, we are here for provide okay. we, we provide. And then, uh, yeah, establishing policies uh, is is complicated, but we are we are doing so in, in terms of. Uh, okay, let, let me bring some of this to Cindy. Cindy, you mentioned in terms of of uh, labor exploitation, for example, is this one element. Now, if we look across other policy areas like uh, the environment and how we're trying to uh, get certification, just uh, like Morgan said, in terms of uh, energy and and other. Uh, pharmaceutical products. You know, we ha we have a very strong traceability for supply chains there. Now, while we see an increase in in uh, fraud and illicit trade uh, on when it comes to e-commerce now, perhaps now we also have the tools to be able to certify, regulating, increase transparency when it comes to illicit trade as well. Do you see that as a possibility? Cindy? So you know, te technology um, certainly can be helpful and. Uh, AI, um, there, there are a lot of um, a lot of tools, but the key is for uh, private sector governments to work together uh, and anybody across the supply chain um, needs to be speaking with each other in order to make sure we're monitoring, uh, reporting when we see that there are bad actors uh, before products get delivered. Um, so, uh, I mean, the OECD has done some great work in the research and identifying problems, 
they have an anti-illicit uh, um, uh, trade task force that is working to spotlight areas uh, that have been mentioned like small parcels uh, and, uh, and then developing the policy recommendations that get deployed into um, governments around the world. But it's, uh, you know, particularly in the e-commerce arena, you're able to, uh, if we were able to get the private sector, the, the distributors, the payment processors, the platforms, all sharing information with each other, with law enforcement, with border patrols, then uh, we, can, we can curb a lot of what's going into American homes. Okay, and so it seems that we're, we have capacity which isn't being exploited at the moment. Uh, listen, just to ask you about, from the industrial side as well, what can producers uh, do, what can the industry side bring to the table when it comes uh, to combating illicit trade? What, what can you go to government and say, listen, we can do this, but we need uh, your help on, on, on this element? What does that look like? Um, we can bring a lot, and we're bringing already a lot. Uh, as I mentioned, we're working really in close cooperation with law enforcement agencies. But what is very important, that enforcement is one part of the problem. We need to look into the cause of the problem. And talking about tobacco, illegal tobacco um, trade, what is uh, the course? As soon as cigarettes become less affordable or any tobacco product, um, immediately there is a race or in illicit trade. So uh, just to give you the perspective, if cigarettes become 10% more expensive for consumers relative to their income, the share of illegal tobacco will rise by an average of almost 7%, which means that it's very important that uh, there should be reasonable and moderate taxation. It's an essential uh, ingredient to prevent the and combat the illicit trade. So, and what evidence also shows that excessive fiscal measures, they are very often counterproductive and they really are not as effective as some governments want them or think they should be. And very often they fuel demand for cheaper products and drive law-abiding consumers to become complicit with criminality. So my uh, message here, uh, government should be very careful when taking any excise, uh, sharp especially excise uh, hikes. There should be predictability in this and there should, shouldn't be excessive measures because otherwise the outcome is opposite to what it should be. So that's important, yeah, and I, we have a lot of actual statistics on this, which shows that, okay. that yeah, excessive ex uh, taxation is not helping. Yeah, I, I remember uh, in in Ireland uh, some time ago, there because there's the the border between north and south, um, you could drive across the border uh, to get uh, illicit fuel if you so wanted to take that risk, and exactly. um, because it was substantially cheaper, and and then drive back and pay no excess in, in either country. Uh, and yet the quality of that fuel was well known to be subpar and uh, you wouldn't want to take that risk unless you, you thought your car could actually withstand it. And it, it seems to me that, you know, we focus on particular areas, but the, 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 the degree to which illicit trade and smuggling is, is embedded in our everyday life. Is there a consumer element uh, to this as well? For example, you know, the, this uh, illicit trade and, and fuel was largely stamped out through public awareness and uh, an awareness that the, the, the police were watching as well. You could get caught, you could get fined. Uh, do we need to do more from the consumer side, uh, Cindy, uh, to, to 
educate and to persuade people not to get involved in, in this kind of uh, uh, market and also to make people aware of the consequences for their economy like this is money that could be invested in healthcare this is money which has effectively been stolen from your quality of life cindy mm -hmm. absolutely um, consumer awareness is critical uh, too often people want to get the cheapest deal particularly in an environment where inflation is you know out of off the charts um, and it's really important for them to understand that the dollars they are spending on um, cheap and fake products are going to fund criminals and are potentially uh, funding the employment of or of forced labor uh, in an unfair and unsafe manner. So um, it is very important that uh, governments and private sector work together to get the communication out that just because the deal is cheaper doesn't mean it's going to be safe to you and can hurt your local economy, can rob governments from with uh, from having the tax revenues to spend into the community services that they require, uh, and the list goes on. Okay, Javier, you know, from your perspective, uh, how do we communicate to the citizens uh, that uh, illicit trade is a bad deal for everyone? Well, uh, we, I think we have the problem of the loss of uh, public or, or fiscal conscience, public conscience. There is a phenomenon from 80s, from uh, the right rebellion of Reagan and Thatcher against the, 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 the tax, no? From our days. Uh, I think it's very, very important uh, to have a, a education in, in, the, in the public uh, values, in the, in, the, in the necessity to, to pay tax and, and to be uh, Honorable in, in this in this camp is for me. I I before I I I heard that there is a problem with the illicit trade of, of tobacco, but the, the price of of the of the tax. I I just I have read in the in the last week one very in, important book of uh, Emmanuel Saez and Gabriel Sugman to a professor to, of uh, Berkeley University about the fiscal history of, fiscal history of US, United States. And, and from 1944 to 1986, the, the, the maximum marginal type of, uh, uh, of the revenue tax was 72%. But the tax level of tax evasion and tax avoidance are only five. the concept of tax avoidance. There is no in these years. It's, it's, it's a, a concept of our days. It was only five percent of, of tax evasion after the 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 the, the level of the uh, tax go go down. No, in the United States and other things of the world. Same time increase the level of tax evasion and tax avoidance. Why that? Because there is a mm, good uh, work of ideological uh, of the right parties of, uh, against the, the, the state, against the, the public values, that is one of, of the, the, the main consequence is the, 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 the to broke, to the, the the 
public conscience uh, about the necessity to, to pay tax, uh, to, to have a, a public revenue. I think this is a this uh, problem of this uh, ideology is now in crisis, fortunately. But the, the, the question is not clear because there are very, okay. very strong powers against that conscience. Okay, thank you. Let's go to some comments and questions. I want to pick up a bit more on the uh, e-commerce element. Uh, Yvonne Merton and from the Eurogroup for Animals uh, says, with regards to Cindy's point on cooperation of all actors throughout e-commerce to make a real impact on illicit trade, do you think that the Digital Services Act is a missed opportunity to regulate such cooperation at the EU level? Cindy. Um, so, so we have been advocating for increased accountability for um, the e-commerce platforms uh, in, in Europe and in the United States. We've had a number of bills that we've been uh, working to get passed. Uh, and the key is having uh, our e-commerce platforms vet the, the third-party sellers from the beginning uh, to prevent the bad actors from, uh, from going online and uh, selling to unsuspecting customers. Uh, so uh, yes, we think that more could be done uh, in the uh, the the various legislative uh, vehicles that are moving uh, in Europe. I, again, just to stay on this point for a moment, I can't imagine that a company like uh, Coca-Cola uh, will uh, permit its supply chain uh, to contain bad actors which haven't been audited, haven't been vetted, and which would be a risk to their brand reputation as well. And given the scope of capacity for the likes of Amazon and Google. Uh, in terms of the global marketplace and e-commerce, you know, should should they have a greater responsibility in law uh, to to vet the supply chain, or is this, this should be a recommendation traded upon their their brand responsibility, Cindy? Yeah, so so you know, a lot of the Amazons of the world have um, voluntary programs that they are implementing, but unfortunately, they're just not effective enough and um, they're not standardized. So yes, we think that the e-commerce platforms um, need to have more uh, a stake, more accountability. Uh, you're correct if you have a Coca-Cola company and they're only offering their, their own products, um, then they, you know, they don't have an issue. But when you have a, an e-mall that allows third parties to uh, access your customers, we think they should better know who their who their sellers are, uh, and have a role in vetting them from the beginning, uh, and to or disclose more information to consumers. So when you click on a listing, that you know uh, who is selling it, uh, so you can make your own choice. Uh, that there's an opportunity for you to uh, an identify if there's a counterfeit product or a bad product that you purchased. Uh, that recalls are, you know, followed up on by the e-commerce platforms. So when you have a situation, uh, at, for example, the U.S. Trade Representative just came out last week with a report, uh, their Notorious Markets uh, report, which identified 42 online marketplaces around the world that are that are involved in engaged in or facilitating counterfeit goods. I wonder which countries uh, would top that list. Um, uh, Morgan, in terms of COVID and how this related to an increase in, in online uh, fraudulence and illicit trade, what do you see in terms of the research that the OECD has done? 
so yes, of course, COVID-19 has reshaped the illicit trade as criminals have adapted their strategy very quickly. Uh, and there was a, a real shift towards uh, e-commerce. So we don't have um, data yet for the pandemic period, but interviews with uh, law, law enforcement officials uh, indicate this huge uh, shift to cyber crimes. Uh, so yeah, criminals uh, clearly took advantage of lockdowns and uh, people working at home with, uh, with less secure uh, infrastructure. Uh, so they have um, the law enforcement uh, authorities uh, have also reported many seizures of COVID-19 related products uh, such as uh, PPE or even COVID-19 uh, vaccines. Uh, another illustration is that of uh, e-commerce being prominent, the fact that from March 2020, um, like uh, around 100,000 new domain names containing COVID-19 related words. Um, so, yeah, and COVID-19 uh, being one of the keywords of the of the of the darknet. And uh, as e-commerce, it's very difficult to regulate. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big issue for for illicit trade. Okay, thank you. Let's go to some uh, questions online. Uh, Vasilis uh, Dalianis. He said, you've mentioned France, but only yesterday the EU anti-fraud office, OLAF, announced that it took part in a number of operations to stop over 430 million illicit cigarettes from flooding the EU market. Uh, do you have any information on illicit tobacco products in the EU per year, cost and uh, numbers, for example? Uh, Listen, do you have any data on that? What's, what does that look like in terms of illicit cigarettes in, in, in Europe? Uh, so, uh, for example, there is a report of KPMG uh, that estimates that the 2020 smokers in Europe purchased 34.2 uh, billion illegal cigarettes, which is, um, if we speak about tax loss for the governments, it's 8.5 billion tax losses in euros. Huge. Uh, globally, the World Bank estimates lost revenue from illicit tobacco at almost 50 billion per year. Our estimation is even higher. Um, so, uh, it's uh, clearly numbers are really, really very worrying, definitely. Um, and just, uh, uh, Brian, if I may add on educating consumers, I think it's really very, very important to educate consumers because people, again, as I uh, said in the beginning, they do not associate these criminals with themselves, even if they yeah. purchase uh, illegal product. So education, it's, it's essential. It's very important. And again, talking about online sales, uh, we have we see the same trend in tobacco uh, with uh, there is more and more um, products available online, very easy to uh, buy them. There is uh, almost, it's impossible, uh, very difficult to catch uh, people involved into this. And we, uh, as a company, we are working even with social media companies to tackle this issue and continuously provide them with intelligence to, to help them uh, to restrict these uh, illegal online sellers. But it's, again, a lot uh, more to be done in this area too. Excellent, thank you. Uh, Javier, just to follow up on, on what we've heard there, is it time that online sellers were licensed in the same way that uh, shopkeepers trading on the street have to have a trading license and you, you, you can verify where they are, you can verify where the products have come from, they have certain obligations to meet in terms of standards 
and and customer care as well. You know, if we were going to focus on the big platforms, for example, Amazon, uh, just as one example, should they be required to uh, verify and enforce uh, at the on the platform level? Uh, is this how because how can the consumer tell otherwise? Should that licensing take place in, in a, a certain locality within the European Union or through an agency which which is able to do that so that uh, bad actors are, uh, may, cannot be excluded completely but at least can be identified and pushed to the side? Have you? I think we the, the, with the platform, with the e-commerce, we, we have the, the well, uh, means the opportunity the, 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 to have uh, more illicit trade, but same time the opportunity uh, to establish a real traceability uh, of the, the the operation, the the the, the illicit trade of, of goods in the traditional ways is perhaps uh, more difficult to to persecute than. In, in, in if we have a common instrument um, accepted by all the governments to establish the traceability of all the uh, e e operation of the e-commerce and by that this is very important the the, the collaboration of uh, of uh, platform or the grid company and the all the companies i think it would be necessary to reinforce the the to 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 have stronger the, the legislation the european legislation and, and and the worldwide legislation to 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 establish a common rule to uh, to 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 know in every moment how what kind of transaction what kind of commerce it produced and how and how to 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 legalize this kind of operation another thing is okay. the the with the with the the deep web this is another camp of to 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 combat but but the problem is that these great companies uh, what is the 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 the, the attitude from in relation with that with the uh, with the tax <laughs> the new the problem of the tax this is not the collaboration okay. at the same time no collab uh, the collab cooperation in the governments is absolutely necessary by that Okay. And all, not Morgan, all of these exist. Thank you. Morgan, just from an economics perspective, you know, it, it, politicians love to put lock people up and sign tough on, on uh, crime, uh, but it's expensive and it's not very efficient in, in terms of, uh, of the economy. Yeah, is it, should policymakers be focusing more on uh, like e-identity, registration, verification of suppliers, to exclude illicit uh, traders from the market, rather than overemphasizing the need to prosecute and and to identify uh, wrongdoers from the outset as well. How do you see the in terms of an economic benefit, which makes more sense? I mean, it's complicated, but uh, just to recall that uh, in terms of economic impact, it's it's really really huge. Uh, uh, for example, here at the OECD, uh, we have estimated that. Uh, uh, because we made we made uh, a study for the UK, for example, but for UK companies, the foregone sales due to infringement of their IP rights uh, in global trade amounted to like um, 11 billion of pounds in 2016. So 
yeah, they they really need to act because um, it's it's very huge. The the, the damaging impacts for for economies uh, is are are huge. In terms of job losses for the UK, it was like uh, almost ninety thousand jobs uh, that were lost. So it's it's very important for for governments, but. I think that, for example, uh, there are many, many um, initiatives uh, related to uh, to e-commerce to to tackle uh, illicit trade on e-commerce that can be that can be good for uh, for identifying um, the um, the bad actors. And uh, in the United States, for example, the good, the government they, there was, I think, the creation of uh, electronic commerce working group. Um, uh, which uh, brought major online platform together um, to collaborate and cooperate on ways to combat uh, con counterfeiter selling. Because we, we see here at the uh, at the OECD that the main uh, the, the the most most of the seizures of con of counterfeit goods uh, were uh, purchased online. So I think a good cooperation uh, with platform and all stakeholders maybe maybe a a good way to to tackle uh, illicit trade. Okay, thank you. Let's go to another couple of comments uh, that we have um, from Leah Bados. Interesting question. Where do you see your work in relation to the illicit trade of live animals, including pets, wildlife, and animal-derived products uh, such as meat? Cindy, you have any comments on that? Yeah, it's um, again a huge issue. Uh, lots of um, problems with uh, wildlife trafficking. Uh, particularly over the um, um, online malls. Uh, and definitely governments need to uh, crack down on that. Um, again, um, if we had like an e-merchant uh, license, as uh, you were talking just a moment ago about, uh, you know, it would be uh, better for us to be able to stop those bad actors from selling um, animals to begin with, as well as other illicits. Okay, thank you. A uh, question for Lucine. Uh, Jose Maria Espinar says, what do you think of the new and growing problem of illicit tobacco factories? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a new problem. It's a problem which exists uh, for a long time and it's uh, everlasting in a sense pro problem. But what uh, I can tell you, I some probably... Um, good news that, for example, in 2021, at least 44 illegal factories producing various counterfeit tobacco products were seized by law enforcement in Europe. And uh, it means if uh, 44 were seized, it means there are more than 44. But it's I think it's a good, uh, good uh, result. And it shows that uh, the uh, law enforcement agencies, they do a good job um, in this respect. And uh, there is a, a big concentration. By the way, during pandemic, this, uh, there was a certain shift of where the factories are based, yes, within the um, European Union territory. And now there is a big concentration of illegal factories in Belgium and in the ne Netherlands. And products illegally produced there exactly. are intended for markets as UK, Ireland, France, where the most expensive cigarettes uh, are sold. Um, yeah, so I find, uh, really, I find that amazing just in terms of having lived in Belgium. I'm Washington now, but for living in Belgium, Brussels for 10 years, ha having run a business there, 
uh, paid tax there and still doing so. It's incredible yeah. that the, the level of administration and control in Belgium still permits uh, an opportunity for the uh, for factories to operate outside of the system. Yeah, I, I think that it's all about that these criminals involved into this business are very they are highly adaptable. And uh, okay. if something is not possible here, they will move to another place. They will find new channels, and e-commerce is one of their developed. High, uh, quickly developing new channels as well. So that uh, just shows that they adapt to the circumstances. That's what's what happening. is their weakest link in terms of, of their business model? What is the weakest link, Lucene? Uh, in, in, in terms of, sorry, in terms of? Uh, in terms of their supply chain, where, where can it be broken most easily? They must have weaknesses um, too. Oh, definitely, definitely. But I think that uh, it's um, there is no one weak point, and there should be really complex of measures undertaken by all players, all legal players, including uh, governments as well. So it's again, as we talked, it's about an in enforcement, having the intelligence, and being able, able having resources to to enforce and to make seizures and to take actions. It's about, as I said already, about predictable and reasonable um, excise policies because it tackles the cause of the problem, which is very okay. important. And it's about educating, I think, also consumers, just society. More people are aware what is it about and actually how many <laughs> bad things are associated with this. I think it also will help to tackle it and some people can even bring certain intelligence again, which will yeah. help to uh, fight with this, the, the, the cause of the problem. So it's, it's a complex of uh, measures in my view. Okay, thank you. Let's take another couple of quick comments. Please send your comments in. We don't have a lot of time left. So send your comments and your questions. We'll put those to the panel now. And a uh, comment from Kent Braun. Uh, we already touched on that to law enforcement. Jeff Hardy, thank you for posting the link there, which uh, Cindy mentioned as well. You can get that uh, online. Uh, and if you mentioned France already, and let's see, the impact of plain packaging of tobacco products and the increase of the illegal market. Uh, Raul Rod Rodriguez puts this question. Uh, Lucene, is there an impact from plain packaging of tobacco products in, uh, in terms of the increase of the illegal market? You know, it's uh, what is interesting that plain packaging, uh, uh, it's um, first of all, it doesn't uh, solve the, the main objective. It doesn't achieve the main objective of the government's consumption doesn't uh, go. It doesn't go down. So that's important to remember. And of course, if uh, it's easier to make um, counterfeit product, which is in unbranded packaging than in branded. So from this perspective, it just makes life of uh, certain criminals involved into illegal manufacturing easier. That's what okay. <laughs> is the big picture. Thank you. Uh, Cindy, maybe you want to have a go. This question is from uh, Filippo uh, Ferriolo. And uh, Filippo asks, what should be done by the members of an integrated economic area, such as the EU, to tackle uh, transnational illicit trade, which is deeply integrated enlisted routes and supply chains. And I've touched on some of this already. Uh, in terms of the European economic area, uh, what more can, can be done uh, to, uh, to stop illicit routes and supply chains? 
So um, what we look at is um, the, be the best solutions are when you have a work a government working together holistically. So every agency that has some um, touch on um, the, the, the unregulated products or through the distribution, uh, the manufacturing distribution of them. So um, having a, a working group or a task force that consists of representatives from across the government, um, uh, sharing information, uh, implementing best practices, working with the private sector uh, is the, the way we think it should go. Okay, thank you. Having a question for you um, from Matthew, and he says, what do you think of the strongly increasing prices for luxury goods in auction houses? Does this indicate potential money laundering and what could potentially uh, be done about it? Javier. I, I don't understand what, what, what do you think about the... Mm. Yeah, so the, an, uh, an increase, so prices for luxury goods in auction houses um, are, ah. are he's, uh, Matthew says, they're increasing. Uh, and what does this indicate about money laundering and what can be done about that? Well, the, the, I think the, 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 the luxury uh, goods, the, the increasing of the prices, the increasing of the, of the, of the, of the taxes are absolutely necessary. This one of the tools to, to, to distribute the, the, the wellness in, in, in a, in a society, no? Um, uh, and, uh, in relation with the with the money laundering, I I think there is no this is not this uh, problem to 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 pay all taxes. This is a political problem. This is the the it is necessary to to have a a, a political will to combat really this uh, this. Kind of crime, not only money laundering, all the uh, all the all the illicit uh, illicit trades uh, and economic uh, crimes. No, mm, it in in it is necessary the cooperation among the the the, the, the nation, the cooperation among the governments. No, absolutely necessary into the European Union, Union, uh, and with this public. Uh, we we have pro, we have proposed one uh, European economic uh, and European political and social deal against uh, the, the the economic crimes, the the the, the, the money laundering and the, the tax evasion with all the forces. Okay. If there is Javi, isn't, it, isn't it true, Abby, isn't it true that we can have good laws and good intentions, but we don't invest sufficiently in the law enforcement personnel expertise that's necessary uh, to deliver a result in that policy? Have you? No, we we, we haven't good good laws, good European laws. There are, there are different in 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 one state another state. We need, by example, in money laundering, we have by the six direct. Six in, in, in 20 years, six. There is no, it is necessary. Uh, now, the last package is a, I think, is the better package uh, of law package, okay. no? The, but we need law, we know, but also we need expertise. We need uh, Europol uh, in, in, into this kind of, of crime. We need uh, the, the role of the European prosecutor, uh, public prosecutor. It, yeah. We need all. But um, 
the first okay. question is a real political will. All right. Let me put to, Mor to Morgan uh, also. Morgan, in terms of, of uh, how the OECD uh, sees uh, money laundering and illicit trade, do you, do you have any research on this which uh, indicates perhaps which sectors are more vulnerable, which uh, countries are more vulnerable when it comes to laundering the proceeds from crime? Um. What we see here at the OECD, we have a global overview of uh, the trade uh, routes of, uh, of illicit trade. And um, yeah, what we see that uh, it, that uh, a specific attention should be paid uh, for, for uh, the economies like uh, China, Hong Kong or, or, or Turkey, of course. Okay, thank you. Cindy, anything else to, to add to that in terms of, of money laundering and illicit trade? Has uh, enough been done? Do we have the tools to, to combat it? I, I think the OECD has um, put out some wonderful guidelines, but it's a matter of, uh, as Javier mentioned, you have to have the political will to implement a lot of these things. Uh, and it's not just something that should be of uh, concern to the finance ministers or the treasuries. It really cuts across um, a lot of, of governments Okay, and why why is this argument uh, not brought to to wider government uh, effectively as well? And the finance minister surely is concerned about it, but you know the health minister is not getting uh, his or her budget increased because of this loss of revenue as well. The environment minister should uh, surely be concerned that the manufacturing of products uh, in substandard conditions without the proper environmental controls are affecting our carbon emissions. You know, the justice minister should be concerned about uh, human trafficking within this context as well. You know, are, are we just not doing this properly? Is there not joined up government in this, Cindy? Absolutely, that's what we have to, to do. And programs like this, uh, you know, should be very helpful. We need to do more of this. Okay, thank you. Uh, question on, on tobacco from uh, Raul Rodriguez. Uh, Listen, how is the traceability of products, of tobacco products, helping to control the illegal market? Is there a broader application in terms of what the tobacco industry is doing, which helps uh, uh, reduce the impact on the, the wider illegal market? They work, but let's be honest, okay. they work and they are applied for legal tobacco companies, legal business. So what is behind still the scene, uh, it stays in many cases behind the scene. And that uh, still remains the problem. We should also bear it in mind uh, that, yes, uh, criminals, they find the ways to, yes, to avoid avoid official uh, channels and they are not uh, at the end nothing is tracked there that's uh, that's uh, so this is remain remains the problem okay uh, kirsten copper touches on this as well uh, maybe kirsten would add a little detail to this yeah she says what about track and trace as an instrument to combat illicit trade uh, Cindy, you know, we talked about uh, e-identity e-commerce and, and that but in terms of other markets uh, and other systems and track and trace. What lessons can we learn uh, that globally that can be applied to illicit trade in Europe? What works? Um, getting getting all the parties talking to each other, sharing information uh, is critical. Having um, databases and, and uh, abilities to communicate um, in a common language 
um, tracing a product that goes from you know being ordered through the distribution process uh, and uh, communicating with the ports uh, and the carriers you know that this this product is coming and it it it's a fishy kind of um, a product that has bad labeling um, or you know bad invoicing uh, you know all those kinds of triggers need to be uh, traced um, and again it it comes from a collective uh, effort with the private sector and governments working together. Okay, Cindy, just on the U.S. Trade Representative's notorious markets uh, report as well, I think 40, 42 uh, markets were identified for uh, online uh, risk as well. You, if we can identify that there is a significant level of, of illicit activity taking place there, this is uh, money being lost uh, to the, the finance ministries uh, globally as well. What is being done? What is the trade representative recommending that could be done uh, to tackle the, these 42 uh, markets? Yeah, so it's it's really putting the spotlight on the the the, the dangers uh, perpetrated by these you know uh, online markets and social media uh, platforms, and it's um, helping to uh, by putting the spotlight on it, create more consumer awareness, but also government awareness that they need to work together to um, prevent um, the the continued growth of the counterfeit products that are dangerous. Um, people need to understand that the products that they are buying online uh, can, you know, ca catch on fire because they're unregulated uh, and produced in an environment that is um, where, where you have products that you're ingesting or putting on your face that have, um, you know, uh, pesticides in them. So uh, it's, it's a huge communication problem. Okay, thank you. Um, another question from uh, Ewan Grant. Um, how well are the results of major investigations shared when the controlling minds are arrested or convicted or detected and deterred? Uh, these are very different things and many uh, major operations only snatch lower end operatives. Javier, you mentioned Europol earlier. Uh, how, are you aware of how major investigations share uh, the, the information uh, in, in Europe and outside of Europe to try and take down these larger operators when he's you and saying basically it's only no, the small guys get caught. There is isn't easy because of there are several governments that uh, didn't that don't want to to give to Europol capacity to investigate directly. I think one consequence. Uh, uh, of the creation of the authority anti-money laudin. This is a start proposal of the last uh, European Com uh, Commission package, uh, is to have a European instrument to, to investigate directly the, the, the biggest uh, cases to, to money laudering. Um, I think the, in, in collaboration with the European Prosecutor Office and also with the, the capacity to investigate of Europol. But this is a, a very, 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 there is a, a very huge debate about uh, this kind of, 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 of uh, proposal means to have a, a federal policy in, in Europe. And as you know, 
the, there is the, the, the combat between in, in, into the Europe, in, in the political debate about the future of Europe, the, 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 the side of the partners of uh, federal Europe, we, we, will, we will propose that, that kind of, of, of uh, political activity in this, in this okay. because the, we, we have transnational crimes. This is this is important, and transnational crimes need transnational laws and transnational policies. Okay, uh, but listener, in your experience, in terms of of uh, working with law enforcement, your your uh, company and organizations, how do you see the the interoperability of data sharing and uh, the, the the focus in different countries as well? You know, do law enforcement agencies really focus on the big players or do they just take out small players because they're easier? And what's the data sharing like that, that, that you have seen in terms of operational management, if any? Mm -hmm. um, no, first of all, I want to say that uh, just against some statistics, in 2021, the information we as a company provided to law enforcement agencies led to the seizure of nearly 3.3 billion illicit cigarettes and the closure of 20 legal factories and 33 storage warehouses, which shows that cooperation between the industry and the governments, the law enforcement agencies, it, it's working and it really brings tangible, clear results, good results. At the same time, uh, you, yeah, your question is whether it's more to tackle big or small place. I think that it's uh, not about the size. If there is enough intelligence, if there is enough information uh, that the action is taken, irrespectively of the size uh, or, yes, of the, for example, if we speak about the legal factory. Uh, what is very uh, important that um, it's um, again we we are we are talking about the same actually measures. Important yeah. that governments explore should explore measures that allow consumer confidence to grow and to avoid this temptation. Yes, to spend on illicit products. It should be again complex okay. of measures from all uh, from all angles in a sense. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, Cindy, can I ask you on, on the same element there? You, what what do you observe in terms of law enforcement? Uh, cooperation uh, and, uh, and and the role of industry as well. Now, it would seem to me that if there's a lot of money to be had for uh, national administrations and European administrations from uh, from reducing illicit trade, then you'd want to be investing more in the law enforcement side uh, to claim back uh, that revenue by pushing out illicit trade. Uh, are we seeing investment in law enforcement in this side that you're aware of? So I, I can't speak particularly to Europe on that. Um, I, I can point in the, in the US, we have a number of um, actions going on where the, the US Customs and Butter, Border Patrol have, have created a, an initiative, the 21st Century Customs um, uh, Modernization Act initiative. And they have uh, a focus on law enforcement and uh, platforms and money processors and payment processors and uh, distribution mechanisms all working together to share information to um, prove the concept that if we're working together that they can clamp down and prevent uh, bad um, products coming into the country so these kinds of um, uh, examples of working together should help across 
the, the globe, but it takes the political will and um, the government uh, regulatory structures to make that happen. Just in terms of, uh, you have to give his perspective on why that political will isn't there. Why do you see the political will absent or at least not sufficient to solve this problem, Cindy? There's an issue with corruption. That's one thing. And, and then there's an issue of there's a lot going on in the world. Uh, and so there's competing uh, challenges uh, that, um, you know, governments are facing. So I, okay. you know, think consumer, you know, awareness and business owners really helping uh, to bring the spotlight on the, the, the need to clamp down for the government's own best interests. Thank you. Morgan, anything to add on that? Excuse me? Anything to add and as a follow-up to, to what Cindy has said in terms of the lack of political will, the, the, the role of corruption? Um, you know, why, if we have clear policies like uh, we've just heard about the, the 21st century customs modernization our, our approach and initiative, you know, why are we not seeing the results of this? What needs to be changed in, the, in terms of political mindset to make this happen? Yeah, I think, of course, uh, all governments uh, should be paying attention of this, uh, of this uh, big issue. And uh, as mentioned uh, earlier, as well as uh, e-commerce platforms and, uh, and industry. Um, and of course, uh, the role of consumers uh, is also very, very important. Uh, as Thank you. And uh, we're just going to wrap up in, in a moment. So uh, you'll have your closing remarks in just a second. But uh, listen, uh, the, the sensibility here that we, we have from, from this discussion is that the tools are there, the political will isn't. There's a huge opportunity to reclaim uh, money to, uh, into the financial uh, exchequers across uh, Europe, and that money can be deployed to, uh, to for health, for education, for infrastructure, for carbon a reduction, all those things as well. So let me just ask, are you optimistic that we're going to see a step change in, in how Europe deals with illicit trade and that uh, our public services will improve as a consequence? Mm -hmm. No, I'm overall very optimistic person, so I want to be optimistic here as, as well. Uh, but again, it's really important that all together, society, government, industry, uh, play together, play together, because we all are paying the price for this illicit trade. And unless we curb the illicit trade, uh, we will continue to pay this price. Uh, and organized crime groups will continue to fund even terrorism. There was information by a European Commission some years ago that some resources are going in this direction. They will continue to fund bonded labor and other criminality at the expense of us, of the society, of honest people and le legitimate businesses. And uh, important, again, I want just to, again, emphasize that law enforcement is effective only in complex, together with reasonable and balanced policies in place talking again about taxation okay. and um, yeah, rising the prices at the end of legal products. So my, okay. my just my, yeah. Sure, Sorry. go ahead. No, just wanted to say that uh, I think that really government should first look at how to get money back from criminals rather than penalizing, yes, consumers and legal businesses by just uh, putting in place policies which are not reasonable. That's okay.
Thank you. Let me ask Important. you to 30 seconds on bite uh, just to wrap up. Javier, let's start with you. 30 seconds, your takeaway from today. I'm moderately optimistic about uh, the possibility to have a strong uh, political will in the institution by the political party. But it, it, it is a task of the civil society, of the trade unions, I am trade unionist, of the uh, organization of civil society to push the government and uh, to, 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 to create this stronger uh, will to combat effectively, effect, effectively uh, the, the, this kind of crimes. Thank you. Morgan, 30 seconds, your, your takeaway from today. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the DC trade is a very huge threat uh, and it's a threat that evolves uh, very quickly with criminals adapting quickly their strategies. So I think we think at the OECD that it's very important to have follow up of this, uh, of this trade. Um, and as uh, it has been already mentioned earlier, con counterfeits uh, as they can be produced uh, outside uh, uh, safety and security uh, norm and standards, they can be dangerous uh, for uh, consumers and they may directly threaten uh, health and security uh, of consumers. And we are now working uh, at the OECD on dangerous fakes and I hope uh, this study will uh, will help, help to raise awareness of, uh, of consumers. Morgan, thank you. Cindy, over to you, 30 seconds. Yeah, I think, I think the increased awareness is going to uh, lead to action. And it takes all of us working together to continue to keep the, the pressure on uh, because it's, it makes sense for governments, it makes sense for um, their consumers and uh, their economies. Thank you. Lucene, last word, 30 seconds. Last word, strong enforcement uh, with reasonable and balanced taxation policies, in my view, it's uh, the key in tackling illicit uh, trade. Thank you. Thanks to our panel today. Excellent discussion from Javier, Morgan, Cindy and Lucine. Also, thanks to our your active team, our social media team. Uh, we'll be uh, still working on this after we finish in just a moment. And to the team in the studio, to Bonya, uh, Zora, Malta, uh, Tamara and Elisa, thank you for uh, all your production efforts uh, today, as always, we appreciate it. And to JTI for uh, support for the program today. Uh, we couldn't have done it without you. So thanks uh, so much to you, our audience. Very engaged today, lots of questions. And we appreciate that and for your time today as well. So I wish you a good afternoon.